And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today is Dr. John Vance. Hello, everyone. Well, John, it's nice to have you here. We have an uh, interesting week that lies ahead of us. Um, coming up next week, God willing, will be Thanksgiving Day on the 22nd of November on Thursday. We're always uh, inclined to think about the pilgrims during this time of year. Um, we know that uh, way, way back in 1621, there was a kind of a harvest celebration, I guess you could call it. I don't think they really acknowledged it as Thanksgiving Day as such way back then, but it was a celebration, and it occurred between the Plymouth colonists and the Wampanoag Indians as they shared a uh, autumn harvest feast. And so uh, we kind of do look back to that as the quote-unquote first Thanksgiving uh, celebration in the colonies. But I suppose you could argue that um, previous Thanksgivings had taken place. And uh, before I opened the mic, I think you mentioned one or two other uh, incidents in, in, in history. Well, Thanksgiving is uh, seems to be ingrained in some ways in most societies around the world. You have Thanksgiving celebrations of a sort for many and various reasons, and it's linked to agriculture, of course. Mm-hmm. The bringing in of the harvest, you, you have it in many countries. But uh, in the United States, for instance, we think that uh, the Puritans were the first to celebrate this kind of festival, if you will, in bringing in the harvest on these shores, Europeans, but they were not. Of course, you could go back uh, and talk about the the uh, Jamestown settlement in 1609, but they didn't have a chance to have a Thanksgiving right. because they were slaughtered. They were slaughtered, yeah. But what most people don't know is <laughs> that a group of Huguenots came from France, and they settled uh, in uh, the Jacksonville, Florida area. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, on... The river there, the St. John's River, they they established a fort called Fort Caroline. And believe it or not, that was in the year of 1564. Oh, that's interesting. That's a long time ago, yeah, before sure the Puritans is. even. That was uh, yeah. half a century, uh, more than half a century before the Puritans. And after they got their fort built, uh, these 300 Huguenots, they, they had a service, and believe it or not, Indians, too, uh, helped them and showed up, and they celebrated with really? the Native Americans, yes. Yeah. And they sang psalms and had prayers to God and gave thanks. No, that's interesting. Uh, for the fort. And so, in, though it was not linked to harvest, it was linked to successfully being able to establish a settlement. Mm-hmm. But there's a sad end to this, though. Most people don't know this, but... King Philip of Spain got word of this, and he sent his uh, conquistadors, I guess, and they came 600 strong or more and slaughtered that original settlement. And then, of course, the Spanish uh, set up their settlement in St. Augustine. Mm -hmm. But the first Thanksgiving on these shores and the first prayers of Thanksgiving offered up to God were by French Huguenots or French Reformed Church members. That's news to me. I didn't realize that, so thank you for that. And then stepping ahead, going on to the pilgrims again, I I did come across a quotation. You know what? I should mention this, too. Um, A couple of years ago here in the studio, we had the pleasure of having Dr. Hans Vogt join us. 
uh, professor from Ulster County Community College, and uh, we went into some of the details of the Thanksgiving uh, tradition and details of the pilgrims and the Puritans and that sort of thing. And what we'll do is when we post this uh, show today up on our website, we'll include a link to that previous show so that if you want to round it out and have a lot of uh, detailed information, that will be available to you. But one of the quotes, and I think uh, Hans shared this with us a couple years ago, um, during the time frame of 1621, came from Edward Winslow. And there was a book written, it was called Mort's Relation. And uh, this is what Edward Winslow had to say during this time frame. He said, Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling, that so we might, after a special manner, rejoice together. After we had gathered the fruits of our labors, they four in one day killed as much fowl as, with a little help beside, served the company almost a week, at which time, amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms, many of the Indians coming amongst us and amongst the rest their greatest king, Massasoit, with some ninety men, whom for three days we entertained and feasted, and they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. And although it be not always so plentiful, as it was at this time with us, yet by the goodness of God we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. Unquote. And that was uh, an original quotation from Edward Winslow. Uh, in the original language, um, it was English, but um, the style of writing, it's actually hard to read because they spell some of their words quite different <laughs> oh, yes. uh, from what we do today. And so uh, I actually, um, first I got a cut and paste of the original quote, realized I'm going to stumble all over as I read this, and <laughs> there was another uh, kind of a modern-day quotation that, that we got it from. So um, that was Edward Winslow. So I guess one of the things that comes through is um, um, the sense of these people. Um, the The hardship was terrible. We can talk about that in a minute, but... Uh, the the true sense of um, of giving thanks to God was there, and it was just a very sincere, warm giving thanks to God. There's a verse in the Bible that says, "In all things, give thanks." Now that does not mean thank God for everything. You wouldn't mm-hmm. you wouldn't thank God, say for instance, if a child ran out in front of a car and was right. hit. That's a tragedy. Yes, it is. But on the other hand, what it does mean, that verse is, that it means that even in the midst of life, which includes suffering and tragedy and everything else, in the midst of life, give thanks to God in mm. all circumstances. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the pilgrims really gave us a, um, a a true example of that. They lost nearly half their people coming over. The conditions were terrible on those ships. So so even on the ship before oh. they got here, they lost a lot of oh, people. Oh, lost a lot of people. And then the first winter, a uh-huh. number more uh, did not survive. They probably were already mm-hmm. sick somewhat, but they didn't survive that harsh winter. And then in the following fall, when the harvest came in, they had a Thanksgiving. Now, they knew tragedy and suffering, but they also knew that verse and, and other verses like that, that, 
that uh, there's always reason to give thanks. Good point. And they did so. Uh, they they understood uh, that their blessings came from God. And, mm-hmm. and, of course, they were realists. You know, a lot of our Christian people today are not realists. Uh, they think life should always, if, if you will, like the old song, be a bowl of cherries. Yes. Well, it's not. Oh, wow. There's the fall. <laughs> right. The Puritans understood that we lived in a fallen world and that there was indeed hardship and mm-hmm. man would earn his uh, bread by the sweat of his brow and there would be hardship and tragedy. Uh, but they they also knew that God was sovereign over all of life mm-hmm. and they gave him thanks. Well, today our theme is that of Thanksgiving. Uh, next week, God willing, we will be celebrating Thanksgiving Day on Thursday. And so what we'll do now is we'll take a short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, Our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. In the studio with me today, Dr. John Vance. We're talking about Thanksgiving. Next week, of course, is Thanksgiving Day. Now, um, John, in our last part of the discussion uh, several minutes ago, you had mentioned the Huguenots, who quite a bit prior to the Plymouth Colony had set up, I think it was Fort Caroline, and uh, unfortunately, they um, those people got massacred by the Spanish subsequently. But um, I guess the question is, uh, why don't we look back to that uh, Caroline settlement rather than always looking to uh, the 1621 Plymouth colonists? That That is a, an important question. Number one, most people uh, do not know about the Fort Caroline settlement no. of the Huguenots. It's not taught in our history books, and it's been expunged, if you will, from most of the story about America and, and even Thanksgiving. But there is a maybe a more important reason that we look to the Puritans of, of 1620 settlement, and then they had the celebration in 1621 after the harvest came mm-hmm. in. The reason is the Puritans were really 
a unique community with unique ideas. They were, if you will, God-saturated. They went to church, and they heard often a two-hour sermon that was highly intellectual, and it required education mm-hmm. from that. They educated their children primarily to be able to hear and to uh, to be able to understand these sermons. And sometimes the preacher would pray a prayer 45 minutes long. Can you imagine? And so their life centered around the church. Look at the New England towns. Where's where's the congregational church located? Almost always mm-hmm. in the center of town. Yes, but yes. it became a very powerful cultural entity. It did. And uh, the Puritans settled New England and they established educational institutions. Harvard was established as a school to train ministers. Isn't that interesting? Uh, and what was it, in 1634, I believe, Harvard mm-hmm. was established. Notice how close that was. Oh, yeah, that's like four years uh, after they uh, come uh, over. Yeah, to, the, the uh, main main group in 1630 came over. Massachusetts Bay, yeah. Yes. Now, there is a like a 10-year period there. We, we talked off mic of the fact that the uh, pilgrims being separatists come about 10 years earlier in 1620, then the Puritans show up 1630, and it seems like we're kind of maybe confusing the two. I don't think we are. Theologically, the pilgrims are from that Puritan stock. They, they were the same. Yeah. They called the first group pilgrims because they were travelers. They had been in Holland, and then they sailed from yes. England, Plymouth, England, uh, and they were separatists. That means that they had given up on the Church of England and reforming it. Okay. The next group were called Puritans. They were within the Church of England trying to reform it. And so they came in 1630, and that became Massachusetts Bay Colony. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first was the Plymouth Plantation. Right. So we make that distinction, but they were the same people with the same ideas. We could call the first group Puritans. Mm-hmm. They were just separatist Puritans. Yeah, okay, that that's helpful. So now these, the, the Pilgrims, um, they had this kind of a harvest celebration party in the fall of 1621. They actually don't call it, formally call it Thanksgiving or a Thanksgiving meal. It's just what they needed to do, I guess. Well, they probably were thinking more of the Old Testament. Ah. The the pilgrims or the Puritans were pretty much uh, defined by much of what we call the Old Testament. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, they were New Testament people, too, of course, the, the whole Bible they believed in. Mm-hmm. But they, they really relied a lot on the Old Testament and knew its history very well. But there were three great pilgrim feasts in Israel, and uh, two of them, two of them, Pentecost and Tabernacles, were associated with harvest feasts. Mm-hmm. Pentecost came first. Jewish people calls it a Shavuot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was when the barley crop had come in and the wheat crop was planted, they had a celebration of Pentecost. (laughs) And then later, there is another celebration called the Sukkot, or Tabernacles, and that was when the harvest pretty much had all come in, Okay, and they had a seven-day-long celebration of making merry and so forth, and the pilgrims knew their history. Now, that's interesting to me. It, It shocks me almost. We in America right now, everything's got to be fast, and we don't have time to do anything, it seems. Well, weddings were three days. Jesus went to a three-day wedding. Yeah. These times of celebration were long. They didn't feel guilty about it. They knew it was good for them, and they felt they needed that much time to properly celebrate God's goodness, apparently. These were not only periods of thanksgiving and celebration of making merry. It was also a time to devote to God all of life. Yeah. He's the author of all of life. Yes. And uh, 
and the Israelites, as you well know, had many, many tough mm-hmm. periods in their history. Yeah. Uh, but they did have times of season and rejoicing, and the pilgrims knew this. And what I'm thinking about is um, in our hectic-paced society right now, it seems like we need something to uh, come aside and to rejuvenate our batteries almost on a on a regular basis. Well, we have that, of course. It's called the Lord's Day. <laughs> and uh, every Lord's Day, Christians assemble together. And yeah. I know in, in, in my church, Westminster, the fellowship time, we can never put it down. It's yes. between church and Sunday school. And we're always late for Sunday school. People always. just love the celebration. People love to get together and, and be with each other. And yeah. worship and celebration yeah. and study. And coffee. Uh, and coffee, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. That that becomes, if you will, our uh, weekly celebration. It does. Yeah. And yeah. celebrating of the Lord's Supper, too, uh, in this area. Oh, my. Where we are to offer up the sacrifice of yeah. thanksgiving and uh, Paul mentions that in the New Testament. And that is a meal, isn't it? That's a meal, thanksgiving and praise. So we have these times, and, and, and the Scripture tells us that our strength is the joy of the Lord. Yes. Most people forget that. You know, I, I'm guilty of forgetting that. I, we talked last week about the uh, recent election results, and I love freedom. I love this country, and I love the tradition of freedom and hard work and rewards for those who do work hard and all of that. And from my perspective, personally, I I was actually disappointed with the outcome of the election because it seemed like it was just one more notch moving towards socialism and going in the wrong direction, you know, all of that. And yet I need to catch myself and be careful that I don't lose the joy of the Lord. Yes, that's not the dominant theme. Mm. And the Puritans understood when they they lost their loved ones and yeah. children. Oh boy! Uh, that was not the dominant theme of life. It is the glory of God. Yes. And in the midst of their plight, if you will, they they could find a reason to celebrate and experience the fruit of the spirit called joy. Yeah. So if we keep our focus on God, then the joy will follow. Well, it's like Peter when yeah. he was. Uh, said Jesus walks on the water and he wants to walk too. And as long as he keeps his eye on Jesus, he is successful. But when he takes his eye off, of course, he started to go bloop, bloop, bloop. (laughs) You do do, uh, lose your perspective when you take your eye off of that one who is at the center of deepest truth and reality. So he is our, if you will, our uh, lodestar. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is the one that we follow. Yeah. I guess the uh, the food, I, I'm just jumping to something very uh, earthy here, but some of the food that uh, would have been eaten on that first, uh, it wasn't a real first Thanksgiving, but during that harvest celebration, uh, according to um, Winslow's account, there was fouling taking place, and that means water, probably waterfowl mm-hmm, or ducks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, would have been food like squash and pumpkins, Possibly even cranberries. Certainly, deer venison is yes, mentioned. Yes. Um, I, as I understand it, from a couple of years ago, there was no potatoes yet, uh, because that would have come from uh, n- another area. Mm-hmm. And they weren't growing potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they um, they enjoyed uh, eating, uh, and it was uh, a time of celebration. It's interesting that the Indians are there, and and how that these two groups, at least at this point in our history 
seem to get along. Yes. Um, they The Indians actually went out and, and got them some deer. There were different Indian groups, but the Indian group that they met was quite friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but later on, uh, many of the Puritans were, were slaughtered in their forts yeah. by some Indian groups. And, of course, they also had pitched battles with Indians, yeah. and that became a problem. It makes me wonder. And I guess what's um, interesting at this point is uh, the communication barrier. I mean, you just think, here's the pilgrims. How on earth are they going to communicate with these Indians? And um, covered earlier today on uh, Redeemer Broadcasting on the world and everything in it was the account of Squanto, how that he was kidnapped to Spain. Uh, he was sold into slavery. Somehow he was he was bought by a, a Catholic by the Catholic monks. Later he would find himself in London, England, for about five years as a stable hand. He he learns the English language. I mean, this is a miracle. And someday, apparently, he hopes to be used as a translator. And then finally, in 1618, 1619, a ship is found. It, it goes to Iceland, eventually to Massachusetts. Um, and he, um, he runs off to, to find his family. And unfortunately, when he gets to the clearing where his village was, he finds out disaster has struck. Smallpox has wiped out his village. But it's at this time that the pilgrims who have landed in Plymouth, all of a sudden, Squanto, <laughs> it's miraculous, he walks out of the woods, and he's speaking perfect English. And the pilgrims uh, adopt him, as it were, and Squanto is able to show these pilgrims how to survive, and God uses Squanto to save the pilgrims. So uh, this clearly is the providential care of God. I guess also... In 1623, there was um, more of a formally recognized time of Thanksgiving during the summer of 1623, when the colonists did declare a Thanksgiving kind of a holiday after their crops were saved by some much-needed rainfall. Mm -hmm. So um, this thing of Thanksgiving constantly recurs. As we uh, go on in our nation's history, there's um, what becomes eventually the the war between the states or the Civil War, there certainly is a declaration by President Abraham Lincoln regarding Thanksgiving. Yeah, then. he, he uh, by proclamation, he, he set aside the fourth Thursday of November. Mm-hmm. He may have done that because George Washington in 1789 set aside Thursday, the fourth ah. of November, uh, as a day of Thanksgiving for the ratification of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So he may have taken his cue from that. Interesting. But the celebration of Thanksgiving in the 18th and 19th century was episodic, mm-hmm. here and there and so forth. Yes. And then Lincoln settled it by making a proclamation, but the mm-hmm. problem was is it was not inscribed in law, and people really wanted to change it for many and various reasons. Right. Uh, not the least of which... Uh, for reasons uh, of buying and selling. You know, I came across that in my reading, how that uh, during the time of Roosevelt, I believe, um, that there was a desire to move the date uh, earlier by one week so it would, Mm -hmm. you know, help the buying and selling, but eventually uh, got firmly entrenched as the fourth Thursday. Well, that was uh, was actually done by Congress. Congress Mm -hmm. in 1941 made it a law. Okay. The Thanksgiving in this country will be a recognized holiday as the fourth Thursday of November. Hmm. So 
uh, no one now can tamper with it unless you go back and change the mm-hmm. law. Mm-hmm. So it's recognized, and it's a family celebration, a great get-together. And so wonderful uh, in that sense. Now, I see we're just about out of time for our uh, show today. I assume that you're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving, and uh, what's your favorite food? Well, my responsibility is to cook the turkey. Oh, yeah. Uh, ah, yes. So I have to get up early in the morning and cook the turkey. Uh, <laughs> I, I leave much to my wife, mm-hmm. uh, but I do help. But uh, at the church, we celebrate it, too, on yeah. Wednesday evening prior That's to right. Thursday. You know, the Thursday yes. is a family gathering. But on Wednesday evening, the day before on the 21st, uh, we have a soup supper, and the families of the church come, yeah. and then we have a, a a service following that. It's about 45 minutes, and I preach a sermon usually on Thanksgiving, what, what are, and we celebrate is, communion. Is everybody invited to this Absolutely. Sermon? Anyone yeah. can come. Who, I mean, uh, when's the soup supper? Well, the soup supper, I believe, is at 630, mm-hmm. and the service is at 730. That's beautiful. Everyone's welcome. Yeah, and it's kind of informal, and oh, yes. if you have your favorite soup recipe, yeah, you can bring, bring it, it and bring share it. Bring it if you want. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, so we'll keep that in mind. Well, I see we're out of time already for this edition of A Plain Answer. Just one wrap-up thought in terms of thinking about Thanksgiving, uh, God's goodness to us, my own tendency of sometimes focusing on bad things and not having a sufficient thankfulness to our Lord. Maybe well, one thought. I preached a sermon some years ago, and I discovered in doing some research that there is a linguistic relationship between think and thank. Hmm. A thoughtless person is a thankless person. I think that's that's why Thanksgiving is always a time of remembrance, remembering your blessings. What's the little song? Name them one by one. Yeah. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Yeah. And I suppose that 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 re- linguistic relationship uh, tells us a lot. That if you really do not focus on who God is and what He's done for you and those things in life that He's blessed you. Hmm. Uh, you will not be thankful. Yeah. And remember, the joy of the Lord, again, is our strength. So, so my strength and my optimism for life and hope is rooted not in the things that happen around me. It's yeah. rooted in my focus upon the Lord and uh, being thankful and joyful for his blessings to me. It's a beautiful thought, and uh, that does bring us uh, to the end of A Plain Answer. Thank you so much for joining us today. A reminder to check out our website where this uh, episode is posted up there at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. <laughs> 